12, a familiar text. Look in verse number one. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should portray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief, had the bag and bear what was put therein. Boy, the Holy Ghost let John tell on him, didn't it? Look at verse seven. Then said Jesus, let her alone against the day of my burying hath she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but me ye have not always. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. Now, turn over with me, just back, if you will, to the first gospel in the New Testament. Look in chapter 26, and we'll begin reading in verse number 6. Matthew chapter number 26, and verse number 6. If you found your place, can you say amen? amen. If you headed there, say amen. If you believe it's in there, say amen. Amen. All right, we got everybody now. Matthew chapter 26, here's what the book says. Read this with me in verse number six. Now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box, a very precious ointment, poured it on his head, and he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, to what purpose is this waste? For this ointment much have been this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. And when Jesus understood it, he said unto the woman, Why tr- or said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me, for ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, wherefore or wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. Now let's pray. Father, we pray today that you would clear up our thoughts, our mind. Lord, I know as even reading our text, we feel like, Lord, we are uh, uh, stumbling and we ask God that you would anoint us and empower us, preach us and empower. Uh, give us unction from heaven. We thank you for the truth of this text. And Lord, I want to be out of the way so you can get the glory. Help me, Lord, I pray to be, magnify your name and glorify you. We thank you for everybody that's here, for the words of testimony, for the shouts of praise, uh, for 
the songs that's been sung. We want to thank you, dear God, for gathering us together in this setting right here. You knew we was going to be like this for the wor- before the world ever was. And so we ask now, Lord, that you would give us grace and mercy. I pray you cleanse us from every impurity. Let us be a conduit that you would preach through to every heart. And Lord, we pray you'd save a sinner and touch the saint. Lord, let us crank the baptism pool up and see one get wet soon. And we trust and pray your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. If the Lord would help us for a little while, I want to ask you what category you fall in. How did you get to church today? You say, preacher, are you saying which road did I take? No, I'm not asking you what car you came in, if you was in the driver's seat or the passenger seat. What I want to ask you today is how did you get to church? What attitude did you have about coming into church? What motive had you? Brother Jared has already, has already laid the groundwork, thank God, in the Sunday school. Vance Havner said this. He said the church as a whole has been so long subnormal that it, if, ever, if it ever got normal, people in the world would think we were abnormal. Well, I'd say amen to that. See, the Bible tells us there's three different categories. We see, we see them here in our text, in both accounts, in John and in Matthew. What, are you a patron? What do you mean, preacher? I'm saying, are you just attending the services? Did you just show up today because you felt like that's what you needed to do? Are, are you a protester? Did you come in with this critical atmosphere about you? A bad attitude. Maybe something happened. Might, might have been everything, as my grandpa said, hunky-dory at the house. But when you get in, somebody said something about the other one's driving. And before you know it, you're in an argument. And uh, I, I think I see some people smiling. They must have known what I was talking about. And you get to church and you lock the doors and jump out and put a smile on your face. And act like there ain't nothing wrong. Amen. I'll never forget what a, a young boy went home with the preacher one day. And, and he said, he said, he said, uh, Thank God, look at that couple. Your mom and daddy seem like the sweetest couple. He said, preacher, don't believe it. By the time they'll get to the stop sign, they'll be arguing like cats and dogs. Hey, I don't, I don't want to be that way. I, I don't want to come with a, a sour attitude. I don't want to have a, a, the idea that I'm just coming to attend. I'm just a patron. or I, I don't want to come with a protesting attitude. In our verses today, it seems as if there's at least 15, some say 17, people inside this house. And every single one of them people fit in the some category. Patron, protester, or a praiser. I want to be one of them praiser. Amen. I want to be one of them getting at the feet. I want to be one of the few that came in with a with a cause. I don't want to come in to criticize. I don't want to just come in just to be there. I want to participate. I don't want to spectate. I want to see what God would have me to do to get what he wants me to have before I leave. We see Martha. Man, she's doing good in our text. She's doing a good thing. The Bible says she's working. 
Thank God for people who have a mind to work. She's not complaining yet about who's not working when you first see her. She's just glad to be working. Her attitude's going to change and she's going to get upset that somebody else ain't doing the work with her. Look, thank God for people who have the mind to work. But you're going to lose your blessing and hinder your reward by being mad about nobody else working like you're working. Thank God for folks that change the light bulbs. That needs change. Amen. Amen. Thank God for folks, uh, amen, that vacuum the church and clean the toilets and wipe the, but don't get mad that nobody else is doing it or you're going to lose your blessing. Amen. Don't get mad because everybody's not showing up or you're going to miss your blessing. You'll come in as a patron, end up being a protester and missed out on praising. Are y'all with me today? Here's Mary, Martha. I mean, man, she's working. She, she's glad to do her part. Here's Lazarus. He's sitting there. He is walking. And that's a big thing because he used to be dead. Thank God when you get saved, you ought to walk on for Jesus too. Amen. Thank God for him walking. Don't hear much out of Lazarus. Amen. But he's a witness. He's a witness. Some people came just to see a man that was dead and now alive. Some folks ought to see such a change in your life that they want to just come to church because they want to be around the atmosphere, around the folks where you were dead in sin and been made alive. Amen. Thank God just your life out there ought to be witness enough to get some people here. But if your walk's not doing it, God help us, we ought to let our talk do it. Amen. They ought to hear our talk. God just help us to let our walk match our talk. But here's what I find interesting about Mary. I find this interesting, meaning, meaning this. Here you see Mary, she's ever sitting. Every time you see Mary, it looks like this Mary, she's at his feet. Every time. She's already did it two times, and she's going to do it again right here. Uh, bro, I thank God for somebody that wants to get at his feet. How, how long has it been since you got at his feet? How long has it been? I'll tell you what that woman that testified that got saved in revival. She said, I'm, I, was, I was talking to the ladies. Michelle was praying. Miss Lancaster was praying. Miss Morgan was praying. And they was working with her. And she was pouring her heart out. And she stood up and testified later. She said, it's, it's as if I saw his feet. And I asked him to save me. Amen. Thank God for every time you get at his feet. You're going to get something at his feet that nobody else is going to get. You're going to have a testimony that nobody else is going to have. So here's what I do. I wouldn't just show up. I sure wouldn't come in with a bad attitude. I'd come in, thank God, with the desire. If nobody else does, I'm getting at his feet. If nobody else does, I'm going to participate. Amen. She wasn't worried about who was or who wasn't. We never see Lazarus speaking. Never do. Never do hear him say a word. Don't see Lazarus Speaking, we don't see Martha stopping, but thank God we don't never see Mary 
quit praising. Amen. What a testimony. Hallelujah. It's as if we find he was welcome at the house. Every time he's in Bethany, he goes to this house. Let me say, as I said before the last time I preached from this text, I preached the thought on go ahead and let your hair down. Hey, some folks that ought to go ahead and let your hair down. Amen. But every time he's in Bethany, he shows up at their house. Why is that? He finds lordship at, the, at his house, at their house. He finds, he finds fellowship down there at the house. And he finds companionship down at the house. I wonder if the Lord ever strolls up in 27 Troy Lane where I live. I wonder if the Lord ever shows, would you welcome him at your house? Some people don't want the Lord to show up because they got to make sure they put everything in the drawer. Preach on, preacher. Make sure they get all the internet searches cleared out. Preach on, preacher. Amen. Amen. Y'all young people should have said amen. I need to stay there a little bit, it sounds like. Amen. But he's welcome. He's welcome down there at Bethany, and he knows where to go. There's disciples. The disciples are there, and there's a whole lot going on in this house. Several times in the Lord's journey, he ends up always, he don't have to wonder about this. He, he knows he's going to find worship down there at that house. It seems like the disciples are distracted. The Lord keeps preaching about Calvary. He talks about, he talks about when he's buried. He talks about being lifted up. He talks about being raised from the dead. But it's almost like they're in the crowd, but they're not really in the church service. They're almost like they're in the group, but they're not getting what God says. How many times have we came to church and we see people getting help and we see people doing something for the Lord, but we don't leave feeling like we've got anything? Well, the Lord's in the house. It's going to be up to you whether you praise and sit at his feet or amen. And listen, thank God for Martha. Thank God for her working. Thank God for the welcome he received. Thank God for Lazarus walking. Even though he's not talking, thank God for folks that's bashful. And they say, preacher, but they live such a transformed life that their walk brings people to church. Thank God for folks that's got an outgoing hospitality and they make people feel welcome. But I'm going to tell you what's going to have the lasting impact is people coming in and watching you worship. That's going to have an impact in their life for time and eternity. You remember the child testified back here in the Sunday school room when the preacher asked him, what'd you come for? You know what he said? He said, I come to get what you got. I wonder if anybody wants to catch what we carry and say, amen. The disciples aren't, aren't worshiping. They're wandering. They're trying to figure it all out. They're wondering why this money hadn't been spent on doing work. And there's nothing wrong with working. But don't let your work hinder you from worship. I'm going I'm to bring your mind to remembrance, give you a biblical illustration. You remember one of those times Jesus is a feeding of multitudes. He's got men and women, and he always does it in rank and fight. He does it in order. And he's using the servants to feed all those hungry souls that are out there that are, that are wanting something to eat. Well, they're busy working. They're busy gathering up the fragments that remain. And then they get in the boat, and they go to the other side. And in the 
journey, there's a storm hit, and then they worship. Here's why, why I think God let them go through a storm. Because sometimes you can get so busy working and doing things at the house or for the Lord's house or maybe for God's work. And working is great, but don't let it hinder your worship because that's important if you're going to keep working and keep walking and quit wondering, you're going to have to worship. Would everybody say amen? amen. But there's one in here that's real smart. He knows everything that's going on. He's the Lord. He's wise to everything. He knows people that's coming today just to be a patron. He knows everybody that's come in today to be a protester. He knows people that's come in to praise. But I'm going to tell you what. Hallelujah, Mary and her actions. That's what I want to focus on. Her heart's desire. She knew the importance of getting at the Lord's feet. Amen. She wasn't uneasy at the Lord's feet. She wasn't embarrassed to be at the Lord's feet. It didn't bother her that nobody else was at his feet. She's going to make sure she felt real comfortable at his feet. Amen. It was ordinary for her, Brother Jared, to be found at his feet. All y'all in Sunday school say amen. It was unordinary for the rest of that crowd, but it was an ordinary, it was, amen. It was natural to find her at the Lord's feet. Amen. She'd been there before. Every time she's there, she walks away with a blessing. She knew it was a good place that she could learn something, that she could receive something, that she could get her burden lifted. See, getting at the altar or getting on your face before the Lord, that, that's where lifting takes place. That's where releasing takes place. That's where helping takes place. Amen. And so she's coming back to get some more of what she She's got before, but she's not just going to come empty handed. She's going to come anointing him. Amen. Her act of worship is going to be known according to Matthew. And we'll get back there in a minute. Everywhere the gospel's preached, it's going to be magnified. Not Lazarus walking, not, not, not necessarily Martha's working. Not the disciples wondering, but what's going to be known is how Mary anointed his head and anointed his feet. I say hallelujah. She's going to get at his feet. Now here's what I want you to walk through the text. Look in verse number three. Let's walk through the text today. Look what the Bible says. I want us to notice first of all the evidence of her praise. The evidence of her praise is found in verse number three. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Watch this. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Hey man, I want to show the evidence of her praise, the aroma of her praise. I've seen something, some people say they probably think preacher wears too much cologne. Well, there ain't no sense of putting it on if you ain't going to smell it. Hey man, hallelujah. Hey man, I remember one time I went over to daddy's house. I just put it on in the car. And so when I get in daddy's house, he said, my God, son, you took a bath in it. And I said, hey, I'll tell you what happened. Everybody that was there I left... 
man, I can smell, I can smell Mary's worship on me. <laughs> okay, I'm about to lose it. Hey, are y'all listening? I wonder if we worship enough that it gets on somebody else. I wonder if we ever get at his feet real good and get the help we need to get. Oh, I keep reading, thinking about OFW Borum. I was reading this book one day and here's what he said. F.W. Borum said he's out visiting and said there's a, uh, he started smelling something in the living room and he went to the kitchen and uh, it, it was small, it was stouter, smaller in the kitchen, stouter in the door, the vestibule that led to the front door. He opened the door and he said there was people walking down the sidewalk and he said man it was stouter outside than it was inside. He walked back into the lady he's visiting with. He said why does it smell like perfume outside? He said well there's a factory right up there where they make it and they've been hanging around on it all shift and they man they just carry the smell with them. <laughs> I'm telling you when they are smelling his hands they smelt her worship. When they put him in the grave they smelt her worship. I mean the centurion probably said ma'am what's that smell? I say glory to God. I say hallelujah. Her, she was doing that. Amen. Putting it forward to his burial. He, she said, I'm not going to wait till he's dead. I'm going to go ahead and worship now. Hey, some folks act like they ain't going to worship till they die. And I'll tell you what, you will worship then because I've already saw you do it in the book of Revelation. Amen. But I want you to notice with me about this evidence. Notice this. Let's consider the size. Notice what the book says. Hey man, the Bible says it's designed, it, it is a pound. Matter of fact, most people I, I, I've ever seen, perfumes come in 3.5 ounces. Perfume comes in 5.5 ounces. I don't know how those way back then, but I know what the book says. The Bible says it was a pound of ointment of spikenard. It, it, most people said this was enough that you could use uh, it, it, amen, uh, for a long time. It's as if she said, I'm not holding back. I don't know if I'll ever get to do it again. I just want to go ahead and give him everything I got. Oh, hallelujah. Hey, man, consider the size of it. John describes it best. He does better at it than Matthew. The Holy Ghost allows John to write the specifics of his size. Hey, there's a reason and why it's in there. Hey man, it don't take that much. Well, they told me that. Preacher, it don't take that much excitement. There ain't no sense of you getting so tore up about it. Well, they never told me to quieten down at the VIP lounge when I was running with the devil's crowd. They never told me to quit singing Hank Williams Jr. so loud. I don't know why people can't just get happy and just get excited. If there's something to get excited about, we ought to do it now. A little dab won't do. You need to get Give it all right now. Amen. Consider its size. But I want you to do this. Consider its scent. Now, the Bible says the aroma filled the room. I, I'm talking about the scent got on everybody. Are y'all with me? Thank God for the size. Thank God for the scent. Hey man, I, I thank God for when I leave and, and I've, I've sweated in the, in the suit that I got on and I get over there to the house 
if I've done it right, Brother Jerry, then my suit won't smell like sweat. It'll smell like the cologne that I put on before I got in the suit. Hey, man. Here's what I'm saying. Thank God. Hey, the scent of your worship shouldn't just last while you're in service. It ought to go with you every day. Worship is not an event as much as it is a life experience. We've got to worship God with holy hands, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubt. She didn't hide it. She didn't care who smelled it. Hey, man. Hey, man, she didn't hide it. But Brother Jared, it wasn't for show. She didn't care if anybody else saw it. She didn't care if anybody else done it. She was sincere. She was going to give every bit and was sincere that she didn't mind and she didn't want the attention to stand behind the Lord was fine for her. Amen. Thank God for the smell of it and the scent of it and the, thank God, size of it. Look, number two, look at verse three and five. Not only do we see, hey, ma'am, hey, thank God, hallelujah, brother Jared, for the, for the evidence of her praise, but look at the expense of her praise. I've already said it, but let's read it one more time. And verse number five, 300 pence, this stuff could have been sold and given to the poor. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? We had already told us back in verse number three that this spikenard was very costly. Hey man, some people say it was a year's wages. Some people that I've read behind said it was a life savings. But for whatever reason, here's what she said. I don't care what it costs me. I'm going to worship God. I say amen. You know what some people, it's always been said that if you could ever get a man's pocketbook or a, wo- a woman's purse. Don't get look at me like that. My grandpa called it a pocketbook. I don't know why he called it that. If you could ever get a man's pocketbook, a woman's purse, you'd have their person. And if you'd ever get their person, you'd see their praise. But a lot of folks want to just give God. I'll show up on Sunday morning. I, I, I'll, 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 I'll suffer the expense of driving to church. Wait a minute. I, I'm pretty sure they don't suffer to come to the house of God. Thank God for what it, amen, what we get it does not match what we give. Amen. You say, preacher, I mean, it's almost like they're saying, how could this, how could she afford that? Wonder where she got it. How did she come by this? It don't matter how she got it. It don't matter how she could afford it. They say this, brother. Here's what they say. They say, hey man, thank God the expression of her praise shows us this. She wasn't saving it for the wedding day. She done found the man in her life and his name was Jesus. Amen. Some people say that she kept it till the day they got married. Here's what she said. I found a man that's changed my life and I'm not cutting corners. I'm not slacking up. I'm not trying to cheat my way through the service. I'm going to give it all. The expense of her praise, the expression of her praise is worth it. I wonder what, what worship is worth to you. But then I want you to notice this. This is where I want to get to today. The enemies of her praise. I want you to look at this in verse number four. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence? The abuse of it. 
Of all the people there, notice it was Judas that spoke up. Somebody should have said, Woo! Oh, Mary, she's getting in on it. Glory to God. Pour it on her, Lord. Somebody said, Glory to God. Thank God for Martha working. They should have said, Hallelujah for Lazarus walking. They should have said, Praise God for Jesus just showing up to our little town. But that ain't what they said. All they could, all Judas could see was, oh, I don't like the expense. I don't like her expression. And we see the enemy. He's an enemy. He's going to speak up. He said, I don't want her doing what she's doing. I, I question it. Why did she do this? Why did she misuse this? We could have done this with it. We should have done this with it. That's what the Bible says. Notice the critical protesters. Judas was critical. But then watch the clueless preachers. He said, preacher, what are you talking about? Well, I'm going to prove it to you in Matthew chapter 26. In Matthew chapter number 26, look at verse number 8. And when his disciples saw it, they had indignation. To what purpose is this praise? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. That hit me like a ton of bricks this morning. Always I saw Judas. It don't surprise me that Judas is doing this. But why are, why are the preachers complaining? Why, are, why is Matthew, who wasn't nothing but a low down tax collector, and now gets to be a disciple, why is Peter, who was a fisherman, James John, why is that, that crowd that didn't have no more right to worship God than anybody else but had every reason to worship God because they've been brought out of sin? Why are, why are they complaining? I, I, I can't understand that. I can't understand. They all upset, brother. But not only do we see a complaining, we see complacent. When somebody gets at the feet of the Lord, it looked to, surely to God somebody could have stood up and said, I remember the day I got at his feet. But everybody sit there. Everybody, they was worried about complaining. All Judah saw, he was critical about her worship. They're complacent about her worship. They're complaining about her worship. They're not saying a word. They should have said it. One of them should have struck up and went out there preaching. You say, well, preacher of the Lord's in the house. I'll never forget being down in Chesney, South Carolina. Brother Sammy Island's preaching. I, I was scheduled to be preaching with him. I was sitting in the congregation. There's probably four or five other preachers out there. Brother Sammy gets to preaching. He looks over at me, points at me. He said, hey, you, you coming after me now? I said, I think so. He said, well, look, why don't you and every preacher in here go out on the street and just go to preach right now? Well, he's a man of God, so I went out there. Hey, Amen. And I was preaching, and some cops came by, and they stopped and heard, and one old boy's preaching on this corner. I'm telling you, you couldn't have orchestrated that. God had to be in it. I'm going to tell you what, when somebody testifies, it ought to make you want to testify. When somebody else prays, it ought to make you want to praise. But so you may not do it like she does it, but you ought to at least not be critical about it. You shouldn't be complaining about it. You, should, you shouldn't be complacent about it. You ought to say, woo, thank God she's getting in on it. Hey man, I want to get in on it. I just want to stand up and say, I thank God for saving me. I thank God for washing me in his blood. I want to thank God for coming on the dirt road and dragging me out of sin's clutches and dragging me from Satan's hands. I appreciate him breaking open the cage and letting me fly away free. 
Amen. It ought to break out on us. It ought to be catching. Amen. It'll be like the chicken pox. Everybody you touch gets like, hey, man. Oh, man. Why, why wouldn't they? Brother Jared, I don't know why they wouldn't. She's going to do what was in her heart, and she wasn't going to let nothing, nothing stop her. She didn't care who was complaining. She didn't care who if they were complacent. She didn't care if they was critical. Hey, man, it was on her. It was in her, and she is going to worship the Lord. So I want to ask you now, where do you find yourself? Are you a protester? Are you protesting somebody else's worship? Are you a patron just showing up to be counted among the number? Or did you come in today to do some praising? I want you to notice the encouragement of her praise. Look at verse number seven. Here's what the Bible says. Then said Jesus, let her alone. <laughs> Woo! Hi, man. Preacher, you ain't got a shout like that. Well, hey, man. The Bible says, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. All ye that are upright in heart. I would say clap your hands all you people. And shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Amen. Be glad in the Lord. And rejoice ye righteous. And shout for joy. All ye that are upright in heart. Amen. I guarantee you when David went to dancing. He wasn't saying. No, he went to heaven himself a time. I guarantee you when Abraham and Isaac saw the place they was going to worship. After three days. After three days, we can worship. Amen. And when he saw his eyes and took Isaac up there, amen, and he raised his hand, and God stayed his hand and said, do no harm to the lad. And there was a ram caught in the, in the thicket by its horns. And there ain't no way I raised sheep. A ram don't get caught by their horns. That's the power place. They get caught in their wool. They may get caught in their feet, but they don't get caught in their horns. The only way it could have been caught in the horns, God put it there, and he stuck there saying I'll be your sacrifice and that old ram got put up on the altar and Isaac got off the altar you can say what you want I guarantee Isaac got down there and said Woo! thank you for taking my place he probably had himself a time Abraham said thank you for saving my boy thank you for saving my boy thank you for showing me the gospel on the top of Mount Moriah thank you for showing me that God would provide not just a lamb, but himself a lamb. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And Galatians 3 said that Abraham had the gospel preached to him. I say hallelujah. They rejoiced. Amen. You say, preacher, I don't know about that. What is they rejoice about? Well, I'll tell you what happened to the shepherds. All it took for them, they didn't have to see him alive walking around. They didn't have to see him dying at the cross of Calvary. They didn't have to see him raised the third day. They just saw him living as a baby in a manger. And they walked away rejoicing, telling everybody all they'd seen. <laughs> hey man, the wise man got there. He's a little toddler in the house. And the Bible said they were so affected, they went back a different way. Oh, it'll change your life. Just go ahead and worship God. He's worthy of it. You say, preacher, I don't get excited down here. You will up there. You're going to say, worthy is the lamb. That was slain. Amen. To redeem us unto God by his blood. And every creature in heaven, on the earth, under the earth, and such are in the sea. Heard I. Amen. That's everybody. That's everybody. We'll praise him. Now, like I said, you may not do like Mary did. Amen. But you won't get mad if she does. You won't be critical to her. Amen. It's almost like them preachers were clueless. 
It's almost like they didn't understand what was going on. Y'all do remember about that backsliding preacher, don't you? In the book of 1 Samuel chapter number one. Eli's backslid. He won't deal with sin in his own house nor sin in God's house. He's got a he's got a backbone like a wet noodle. That's the way most preachers are nowadays. Somebody say amen. They're more worried about popular popularity and the purse than they are about preaching the truth. Preach on, preacher. I feel I feel like naming everything right now. Hey man. Hey man, hey man, sin, sin, it's still wrong. Hey man, I don't know why I need to say this, but it's still wrong to shack up in 2023. It's still wrong. Hey man, still wrong to have sex before marriage. Say hey man, it's still wrong. You can't have a baby, two women together. That's still wrong. Hey man. And we ain't supposed to just go along with it to get along. We're supposed to stand against it and preach the truth. Amen. Amen. Transgender my hind leg. Hey, man, is everybody okay? Boy, i will tell you what, I just got a shot of uh, black powder. Y'all know I'm right. I don't want our young people going, they, they got young people over there in Polk County High School who don't know what gender they are. Hey, newsflash, get a mirror and you'll figure it out. Amen. That's right, preacher. Hey, man, man, woman, or other. There ain't no furries. We don't use litter boxes. Somebody say amen. Hey, man, we know what we are because God made us that way. Hey, man, preach on, preacher. Hey, man, they're clueless in our day. Hey, man, somebody wants to preach straight and live straight and worship, thank God, old-fashioned way. They want to make fun of it. They want to be complacent. They want to be critical. i tell you what I want to do, Brother Scott. I want to get in there and plow. Thank God so deep that when we get to the end of the row, have to have four preachers come and pick the plow up. Hey, man, and switch it around the other way. Help us, God. You know why? I need it. I need it. I need my flesh put in check. Amen. That's right. Amen. I tell you what they should have been doing. Thank God she didn't care who was going to like it or not. She expressed it. She didn't care about the expense of it. Amen. But I tell you, there's somebody that encouraged her. There's somebody that'll encourage you to keep on preaching right. There's somebody that'll encourage you preachers. Thank God to stay right and don't change. Don't switch Bibles. Man, we're in the day now, folks switch everything. They, they switch spouses, switch scriptures, switch, amen, preacher, switch, amen, that's right, God help. Now, God forgives, and you went through a situation, you ought to go on, serve God, and shout me on louder than anybody else, amen. But I want to say this, God don't like it when you try to switch things up. What he says is right, somebody help me. I'm going to tell you, if there's anybody going to encourage you, it's going to be the Lord. Look what he said about her. Matter of fact, I think we need to flip over here to Matthew. Look over here at Matthew. Let's see what, look what the Lord says over here. Amen. Hallelujah. I love this encouragement. Matthew chapter 26. Watch what happens in verse 10. When Jesus understood it. Now, wait just a minute. According to the Bible, the Bible says, Jesus then said Jesus. Why'd he say something? Cause he knew something. You know when we're supposed to say something? When we know something. Bible said he understood it. Some of that crowd out there are living like the world, they just ignorant and ain't nobody cared them, loved them enough to tell them the truth. I'm not telling you to be belligerent. Don't never be belligerent. 
But I'll tell you what you ought to do. You ought to have a, you ought to have a burning desire in your heart to see sinners get saved. You ought, to have, you ought to have a burning desire in your heart to see them, hey man, washed in the blood. I want you to notice what Matthew said. Here's what he said. And when Jesus understood it, he said unto them, he's talking to all the disciples, he's talking to Judas, he's talking to, the, he's talking to Simon Leper, he's talking to, he's talking to everybody in the group of 15 to 17 people. And when Jesus understood it, he said unto them, why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work. Hey man, she had some objectors. She had some folks that didn't like it. But I'm telling you what the Lord's going to do. He's going to encourage her. Here's what, the, here's what he said. Let her alone. In other words, let her do what's in her heart to do. Let her, what business is that of you on how she worships? Leave her alone. Let her worship like she wants to worship. By the way, the men wasn't worshiping, but she was. Somebody ought to preach that right there. Amen. God help us sometimes us men got so much pride, you know, we don't want no, we want to always be worried about what people think about us. You know, we, we're dignified. I'm going to tell you what's dignified, minding God, that's dignified. Amen. That's, that's what, but just remember, Saul's daughter, David's wife, looked out the window, despised him for what he's doing like they were. They had despised him for worshiping ever six spaces. One, two, three, four, five, six. Stop. Amen. Let me dance for the Lord. One, two, three. I mean, all the way back to the place shouting and dancing. And she despised him in her heart. Amen. She said, oh, made fun of him. How gloriously the king uncovered himself. And the eyes, he just took off his kingly robe, brought himself down to the same level as everybody else was. He said it wasn't before you. Hey, if you think that's undignified, I'm going to be yet more undignified. Hey, in other words, you ain't seen nothing yet. Hey, it's, it's what the Lord said. He said, hey, let her do what's in her heart. Don't be critical about it. I mean, don't be complacent about it. Hey, man, it will make you want to stand up and worship the Lord. Hey, man, don't be clueless about it. She's been forgiven much. She's going to love much. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to make a statement based on what I know right now. If I find out something later, I'll come back to you. But from what I can see, Brother Linder, she's not one of the Marys that's standing there at the cross. She's not one of the Marys that show up at the tomb. You know what she said? She said, I'm going to go ahead and get in on it now. <laughs> She believed in his death. She believed in his burial. She believed in his resurrection. Amen. Because there's no need to anoint a dead body if he's going to get up. Amen. So do it now. Amen. I say hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I wonder do our hearts, amen, long for him. I wonder do our, our, our hearts desire. It's not just to be a patron, not to let the devil put some snag in our heart, put some crooked barrel in our saddle, cause some conflict on the way down the church in your car, cause some kind of, hey man, y'all, have y'all ever noticed, by the way, you can spring up Monday, spring up Tuesday, spring up Wednesday, spring up Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday you can't drag yourself out of bed. 
What do you think it is? Your flesh don't like it. The devil don't like it. Amen. Ain't it something? You getting the blessed sleep from about 7 o'clock Sunday till you get up. Amen. You know what you ought to do? You ought to put that flesh in check and go ahead and get up and bounce up. And glory to God, I'm going to church. Amen. Watch this. Why trouble you the woman? Here's what Jesus said. She hath wrought a good work. Look, let's prove it to you. Verse 10. When Jesus understood it, he said to them, why trouble you the woman? In other words, leave her alone. Let her do what's in her heart. But watch this. For she hath wrought a good work on me. You know what Jesus is saying? Well, let's look at verse 13. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever the gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial. <laughs> Amen. You know what you know what she's saying? You know what Jesus is saying about her? Hey man, he said, Boy, she's doing right. Leave her alone. And everywhere she goes, hey man, it's gonna be told about her testimony. It's gonna live forever. Hey man, she's shining now, and she's gonna keep shining every time the gospel. Preach everywhere the world's going to know that that Mary wasn't wasn't caring about the complacency, about the careless, about the crowd. She was going to worship. You know what she, the Bible says she did? That said after she know she took her hair. Hey man, let your hair down and took her glory. A woman's hairs are glory and took her glory and put it on the feet as if to say it's not for show. It's not. It's hey man. It's not for the preachers around. Here, it's not for Simon the leper. It's for my Savior, and I want him to know. I take my glory and put it on his feet. I, I think myself nothing, so that he might be exalted. She got little, and God got big, and she got happy, and it's going to be told about her forever. Amen. You know what? I, I would call to remember some people in your life. But let me let me just let me just say this, Miss Peggy. <coughs> one person that Miss Peggy remembers, she ended up going to Holly Springs with Brother Wade Huntley, but she was raised. Peggy was raised in the church where this woman shouted the victory. She said, "I'll never forget." She'd shout and run and praise the Lord, and uh, I, she said, "I've never seen a lady get so excited." about being saved and going to heaven. She said, I can't never remember a word uh, that she said. I don't really remember uh, what she wore on a daily basis. But what I do remember, the thing that sticks out in my mind is she was sometimes the single person that was going to praise God. You know what? Martha's known for working. Lazarus is known for walking. The disciples especially here, are known for wondering. Let, let, me, let me just remind you another time. You remember in John chapter 4 when Jesus, the well sat on the well and the woman got her thirst quenched. The, the disciples had been in the same town that she was going to go to. They ain't told a soul about the Lord. She gets saved and she goes tells them, come see a man. Woo, come see a man. Hey man, hey, he knows everything. He told me everything about me. Is not this the cross? I mean, she was a more of a witness at the moment of salvation. And then, you know what? You know why? Because sometimes, Brother Childs, we get complacent. Sometimes we treat the things of God carelessly. Sometimes 
we allow what others are not doing that we think we've got right cause us to be critical. And you can't worship being critical of everybody else. Amen. You ain't going to worship. You can't worship being complacent and just thinking, well, we're going to have another church service. Preacher's going to preach. And uh, I don't know what, he might be in that 15-minute gear. He ain't much in that, very little. But he might be in that 15-minute gear. He might be in a 30-minute gear. Or he might be in that iron gear. But I, I wonder which gear he's going to be in. And, but we're probably, I don't know if the choir is singing. we got a lot of people out. So we may or may not sing the choir. But we always, we're going to sing a congregation. We're going to have fellowship. People's going to give offering and tithe. And then, and then maybe one or two people will testify. And, and then we're going to go back. That, here's what Mary, Mary didn't come in. She came in. This is what she did. She didn't worry about nothing. She went right to the Lord's feet, took every bit of it, dumped it on his feet, got down behind, took her glory down, wiped his feet, thank God and got up. Woo! And done had odor all over the house and whether they wanted her worship to affect them or not, didn't make no difference. It done got on them. <laughs> I like it. Amen. Everywhere they went, they went back to the house. Peter probably walked up in his house. Over where Jesus had just been, he ought to shout it on the fact that he made his mother-in-law, amen, who had a fever, get up, amen. He probably went back to the house and his mother-in-law said, my God, you smell good. Where have you been? He said, I've been at a worship service. Amen. Man, it was on. And boy, Jesus got to preaching and my toes about wore out. He, 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 he told the truth. He said, hey, man, God help us. God help us. Hey, you can be a preacher and get complacent and get critical and start complaining. You can be a church member and get critical and start complaining and get complacent. Hey, where you at? Where you at? But Mary, you'd never see Mary do anything but get at his feet. She's known for getting at his feet. She had faith and she didn't care who followed it she was going to be free of the burden and worship God I was going to ask you this let's stand all over the building Miss Bethany's come